Welcome to the podcast where we track down Australian war veterans, have a chat with them and hear their stories. I'm Alex Lloyd and this is Life on the Line. They were building positions in there if for a fight. to us, by the time anyone got to us, I think it was chaos. the weather was so bad, there would be no problem. And the next thing I hear was alarms screaming. The very, very The soldiers didn't want to go into the ambushes, so they'd send the kids in first. So he was sent in first into an ambush and he got shot in the stomach. It was very hard for me, very hard for my family. And the pain burst. Proud of the crew. Proud of what I've achieved and what I'm doing. The volunteer for service was in effect to put your life on the line. I hope you all had a wonderful Anzac Day this year. For my Anzac Day, I went to the Sydney March and spoke with a few people in the crowd before and during the parade. Today's bonus episode are some of the conversations I had and a bit of my two-up adventures later in the day. What's your name? Emily Rose. And your name? Movic. And what brings you out this morning? We have family in the military, so we're coming here to show our respects. And what branch do they serve in? Navy. Army and Air Force. You've covered the trifecta there. Yeah. <laughs> and then we have other families so that have passed away already that have been in the armed forces. So it goes up the tree for you? Yeah. Great-grandparents. So World War I? Yeah. Coming here to show respect for everyone that have fought for us. So yeah, it means a lot. What's your name? Daniel Bosco. And what brings you out here today, Daniel? Uh, my daughter's in the march. She uh, goes to school at PLC. She's a trumpet player. Is this your first march for your daughter? No, we've done it a few years now. I think it's been good for her. It's opened her eyes a little bit to um, you know, the, the service history of Australia and probably our families as well. It's, um, it's been a good experience for all of us, I think. What are your names? I'm Brett. I'm Maxine. And what brings you out here today? Uh, we're going to march for my grandfather that was in World War One, and my Max dad who was in World War Two. Where did your grandfather serve? He was uh, on the Western Front actually. He got mentioned in dispatches in um, Bullycourt. Oh. Mm. And your father? Uh, all over the place, New Guinea, everywhere. So he was an infantryman or? Yeah, infantry, yep. Serves through some of the toughest areas yeah, he then. did, and he was awarded an OAM too, hence I can see that, yeah. That. <laughs> So you're out here every Anzac Day, I presume? Sure. And daughter and son, about to meet him and the grandchildren. They all march. And uh, for listeners, have all got duplicate sets of the medals on the right side of their chest across the generations. It's fantastic. What does Anzac Day mean to you? Survival, thanks to our diggers. Yeah, exactly. And thank you. A big thank you. thank you for what they've done. What are your names? Michael. Christina, Anina, and Paul. And what are you guys doing out here this morning? So we work for RSL New South Wales, me and Michael do at least, and we're fundraising. We're one of the founding partners for the Invictus Games, so we're fundraising in the lead up to Anzac Day. Fantastic, and what have you got for sale today? So we've got poppies of all varieties. The purple ones are for the animals that have served, so the horses, the dogs, even the carrier pigeons, all of their sacrifices matter. Then we have some $5 options as well, the SAS berets for special forces, the F-18 hornets, and the navy wreath pins. We have an Anzac Day badge for $10. That's the gum leaf and silver fern. So silver fern for New Zealand, gum leaf for Australia, and there's a little poppy on it for the rest of the Commonwealth. What inspired you to be out here this morning doing this great cause? Oh, veteran welfare. So I'm from a whole family of veterans. 
So it's one of the things that matters most to me, looking after my loved ones and making sure that promoting awareness for all the sacrifices made by those that serve this country. Well, thank you to you and your family for this service. I'll take three poppies. Thank you. What's your name? Uh, it's David Ampson. And David, you're not from quite around these parts, are you? No, we live in Yorkshire, in England. Uh, originally, I'm from Cumbria, the Lake District. And are you a veteran yourself? I am, but of the Royal Navy, submarine service. How many years? Uh, I did 20 years. And are you out here on holiday, or do you live here now? We came out uh, for a holiday at the same time as celebrating a family wedding over here. So last week we were in Kangaroo Valley, and this week we're back in Sydney. Is this the first Anzac Day you're experiencing in Australia? It certainly is. We were at the dawn service at Mossman this morning, which was really impressive, uh, and we're looking forward to this parade today. What do you think of uh, the celebratory efforts of Australian culture so far? I'm impressed. It's, it seems to be a lot more organised than ours. Obviously, I've, I've never been to one in London, uh, for the Cenotaph, but I'm really impressed with the organisation here and also in Mossman this morning. Well, I hope you both enjoy the parade today. Thank you for your time. What are your names? My name's Ella. Emily. And what brings you out here today? I have a relative, like great-great-uncle, who died in Gallipoli, so I wanted to come and pay my respects. Um, I think he died in 1915, in August. Is this your first time out here on an Anzac Day march? Yeah. Yeah, we're from the UK, so it's our first time here. Welcome to Australia. And what about you? Yeah, I, I think obviously it's a huge part in the UK as well to pay your respects to the veterans and obviously to the soldiers who fought in the war. Not necessarily my granddad fought in the uh, same war, but we were, you know, they all were part of the Royal um, Submarines and very proud and want to pay our respects to them. What's your name? Eileen, Eileen Gordon-Smith. And what brings you out here today? To see my husband, March. And how old is your husband? 94. So he served in World War II? World War II in New Guinea, in Borneo. And you come out here every year, I presume? Yeah. My father and my husband's father were both in France, fought in France in the First World War. How old were you during World War II? Uh, about 16. Tell me a bit more about your memories growing up through that period as a child. Well, my, my father, um, he was one of the old soldiers that kept it going at Bateman's Bay, kept the RSL going, and every Anzac Day he'd march, he'd never miss dawn service or the, or the march. We used to have a little service at the Honor Stone, and they'd broadcast it by wireless, and we'd listen to that and have our service with the Sydney one. So he was a World War I veteran that kept the patriotism going on the home front during the next war. That's very special. Do you know how many of your husband's uh, fellow soldiers are marching with him today? Well, I think there'll only be one or two actual from his battalion. That's all that's left. We watched him, we listened to the wireless all the way through the war. My father had to listen to it every day. And that memory's still very strong with you today. And the march has begun. Every Anzac Day march, a different group of veterans goes at the front of the parade to be highlighted and receive 
that little bit of extra special recognition. And this year in 2018, women veterans are leading the march. This has been pushed heavily by the By the Left campaign in a drive to recognise women veterans and that our military is made up of many service women today, not just men. This has sadly partly been precipitated because a lot of veteran service women get challenged by people when they're wearing medals on the left side of their chest. Aren't those meant to be on the right side? No. So there's a fantastic contingent today of women marching at the front of the parade. What's your name? Marie Claire. Do you have any uh, servicemen or service women in the family? I do. I have my grandfather who was in the New Zealand Royal New Zealand Air Force and my great uncle who was a Lancaster bomber also in the Royal New Zealand Air Force although he flew with uh, yeah, the RAF, thank you. <laughs> and also my grandmother who was in the Women's Auxiliary Air Force home in New Zealand. That's quite a breadth of service. So uh, what does Anzac Day mean to you? Coming to pay respect to all the people who have made Australia the country that I can live in now. And the New Zealand Returned Services are now marching by to particularly thunderous applause. It's about 20 rows deep of people wearing medals on both sides of their chest, a lot of poppies and some beautiful singing. We have some World War II marching in front of us, including HMAS Shropshire and HMAS Canberra Association. And marching in front of me right now is Angus Horden of this podcast. On behalf of his father, the late John Horden, HMAS Shropshire, World War II. We've just had the two memorial horses in recognition of the last fallen soldiers of World War and World War I march by. And I find that quite affecting because it won't be too long before another horse joins their ranks. Australia's World War II generation is fading away before our eyes. In the 18 months before January 1 this year, the number of surviving World War II veterans fell from about 31,900 to 21,900, according to a recent article in the Australian and Department of Veterans Affairs. Their average age is now 94, and at that rate, precious few will be left by the end of the decade. As was the case with World War I veterans, the last of whom, Jack Ross, died in Bendigo in 2009 at the age of 110, the nation will have lost its last living link to a great generation, only to realise how much their presence meant. And marching by now is the first 15th Royal New South Wales Lancer Band, as previously featured on the podcast. Now we're getting to some signals cause, specialist wireless group. Now the Carrier Pigeon Service Australian Corps of Signals is marching by, which is uh, one of my favourites. And marching by is the Knox Grammar School Pipe Band. The parade's finished up and we're now in the backyard of the Erskineville Hotel. And here at the Yoko, they are playing two up inside, which we'll be going to join in in a little bit. But first, we need to raise a glass or a plastic glass to the diggers. The diggers. The diggers. Ah, 
two-up actually has its origins in 18th century England where poor English and Irish communities would throw their pennies against the wall and that kind of thing and it evolved heavily in World War One on the Western Front, Gallipoli. And Murray Claire, for anyone listening who doesn't know, how does two-up work? Well Alex, it's a fairly simple game. So the game is played using a spinner, so the spinner is the person that tosses two coins and the coins are laid on a paddle and they're thrown up in the air and uh, they either land two heads, two tails or one head and one tail. So in that last case the toss is done again and if the heads are shown then the spinner wins and if the tails are shown then the spinner loses. But there can also be made side bets with people who are watching the game being played and they can make bets with each other, either heads or tails, which is generally shown by either putting your bet against your head or putting your bet out in front of you for tails. Simple game for austere times on the front. Thank you. I'm in 20 for heads. Hit the side. No results. And I am 20 poorer. From there, let's just say my luck with 2UP did not improve. My warm thanks to everyone who spoke with me. The statistics and surrounding quotations about World War II veterans came from Jamie Walker's 24 April article in The Australian. Subscribe to the podcast to get all content. Over the coming few weeks, we have interviews with a rear admiral, a Navy clearance diver, and a World War II infantryman who saw action at Dunkirk, and many more. Let us know what you think of the episode by emailing podcast at lifeonthelinepodcast.com. Our website is www.lifeonthelinepodcast.com, where you can find out more information about us and all our past episodes. Also follow us on social media, Life on the Line podcast on Facebook and Instagram, and LOTL pod on Twitter. Life on the Line is brought to you by Thistle Productions. Artwork by Big Cat Design, music by Dan Van Werkhoven. Thanks for listening, and lest we forget. <laughs>